0: Today we will finish up our discussion on Ephesians 4, 11-16 by looking at verses 15 and 16. Paul says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We've been talking about the gift that the Lord gives to the church so that the church can fulfill the command that is found at the beginning of the chapter, namely that the church be unified, that there be unity in the church. And we discovered that God's gift of leadership in the church enables the unity that he desires. In verse 11, we found that they Our God's gift is found in specific offices, that being the four offices mentioned, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, which are like missionaries and the pastor teacher. Then in the previous episode, we saw that God's gifts have a specific purpose. They are for equipping, they are for building up the body of Christ, and they come with a goal, which is working towards unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, and mature manhood. Now we look into verses 15 and 16 and we see that God's gifts in fact enable unity. The first thing that I'd like to point out as we get into verse 15 is that unity is predicated or based on a life that is characterized by truth. So, All things playing into this now with all of the gifts that the Lord has given to the church, this is what the church is supposed to do. And the first thing that they're supposed to do if they're going to achieve unity is they're going to have to have lives that are characterized by truth. Even though it's translated speaking the truth in love, it could be literally translated truthing in love. Uh, There is no word for speaking here. And in classical Greek, this verb means to verify or to confirm, which is to say actions or acts over uh, words. So the idea of truthing here in love involves not only declaring and defending the faith with charitable words, but also matching such words with compatible attitudes and actions. So it's not just enough that we speak, uh, it's that we back up our speech And we keep our speech true, but we back it up with actions. So very, very important there. Uh, Unity, secondly, that is based on truth, allows for spiritual maturity to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. This is conveying the idea of spiritual maturity. Paul's fundamental concern here is for maturity in the church. Um, There is a famous... Cartoon strip or comic strip that I really enjoy and Have enjoyed I've always enjoyed the comics ever since I was a child and uh, but one of them peanuts was written by uh, and illustrated by Charles Schultz and Back when Charles Schultz first began to experiment with his doodles He was rejected and laughed at by many because of how he drew his characters, namely that they were out of proportion with impossibly large heads. And of course, we all know that that proved to be a minor obstacle, and now many cartoonists have actually imitated his style in this. But one of the reasons that this stuck was because it seemed to capture a unique phase of development in the child, somewhere between infant and toddler physiologically, and yet with more mature speech and thinking but it is that point between infant and toddler that we now focus on. At that stage, the head of the child can often seem to be too big for the rest of the body. And yet no one worries because we know what the body will grow up into, namely the head. And that's what we're talking about here in verse 15. We're to grow up every way into him who is the head, even into Christ. Now, Obviously, we're not talking about a cartoon here, but we are going to fill up and we're going to grow into what he has designed for us. And he himself is our head and we will grow into what he has planned for us. And just the way that no one worries about a toddler who seems to have proportions all wrong, we know that it will eventually go the right way. And so we definitely see that in the text here because from whom that is from Christ. Now we move on to verse 16. It says the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body to grow so that it builds itself up in love. So God has now gifted each person to work in their own specific way within the church. It starts with a gift as the head of the church, namely Christ is the head, but then he gives others as authority over the church, namely uh, the pastor, the under-shepherd, the pastor-teacher, and then it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and then you have the evangelists, or the missionaries that go out. But then the church is being built up, the actual body of Christ, if we think of it as a body, just a an individual body, now we have different parts, right? And elsewhere, Paul says that not everybody can be a head, right? Not everybody can be eyes or a nose or a mouth or fingers. And, well, and, and it would be a little bit ridiculous to look at the body and, and to have the members look at different members and have our fingers look at our toes or the rest of our arm, for instance, and say, I really envy the fact that I'm not an arm and then cease to function as a finger ought to function. And so when the body fits together as the way that God intended for it to do, we all grow together and are assembled in Christ And we're held together by this unity that he calls for. And And the thing that holds us together is doctrinal unity. It's the gospel. It is Christ who holds us together. And we are equipped with the scriptures. We are equipped with the Holy Spirit. And that enables the unity that has been commanded. And so then when each person in the church acts in the way and in the capacity and in the role that God has placed them in, and they're working properly, then the body can actually grow so that, as the Scripture says, it builds itself up in love. So there is a sense, strictly theologically speaking, where the building is done by the Lord Jesus Christ, but there is also a sense in which we're all working and walking by faith to which he's called us and he has enabled us that when we are doing all the things that he's asked us to do and commanded us to do then the body as a whole begins to work towards its own good and growth and so that the body builds itself up and it does so in love so all of these things are to be characterized by love interesting that this passage here, uh, specifically verses 15 and 16, begin and end with love, right? We call this kind of a mini inclusio, where we have one side, and it starts with that one discussion, and then it ends with the same discussion. So speaking the truth in love, everything that we do is to be done in love. And we've seen that elsewhere in the Scripture, and then we see the end result is that we grow up in love. So we never compromise doctrine. We do aim for unity. When we speak the truth, we speak in love, and we are truthing in love everything that we do, even admonition, even correction in righteousness, instruction in righteousness, correction, admonition, all of those things that we see, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, that all has to be done without compromise, but it has to be done in love. And the end result is exactly what God has intended for the church. And so we see then that this final result, this kind of capstone on this discussion of unity results with the Lord bringing unity to the church. So bringing it all the way back when he urges us in verse one to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called to walk in a manner of the gospel and, and to see in verse for that there is one body and one spirit that is talking about unity. And then he gives us all those characteristics, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another. How? In love. There it is there at the beginning of that section as well. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Then he gives us the leadership that the church so desperately needs so that they can guide us into unity. And then we We conduct our very lives, every aspect of our life is to be conducted according to truth, according to the word, and characterized by this self-sacrificing, selfless love that we read about elsewhere in scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so all of that, when combined, produces the unity in the church. What does that mean practically? Well, it means that unity is something that you have to work for and you, one doesn't walk into a church and figure that they're not a part of the problem or solution, okay? Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying that any one person is necessarily the problem, although maybe. Uh, but the point is, is that if somebody's dissatisfied in the church, chances are there's a whole bunch of, of issues going on there. And, and a person who's disgruntled in a church may not be doing their part to be truthing in love, to be growing up into the head, which is Christ, into Christ. They may not be submitting to the leadership that God has appointed over them, and they may not be growing under the instruction of the Word and maybe not active in being discipled and discipling others. And so, if you find yourself dissatisfied with a church, there are legitimate reasons to leave a church. There are times when we look at a church and say, there's not unity here, but be careful, A, how you define unity so that unity is not just unity uh, (laughs) at any cost without doctrine. So you can't, we can't say that we have to have unity that way. And then also make sure that you are doing your part individually and let God work on others, okay? It's very similar to how we would counsel people with with regard to marriage and relationships. As tough as it is, we are very often convinced, you know, especially as somebody that we're close to in family, right? You're married to them, your children, that we can see the flaws and um, shortcomings of other people because of the amount of time that we spend with them. But that's not our role and purpose in life is to find out what's wrong with other people. Our role and our purpose is to make sure that we are we are what God wants us to be. And that's what we're called to do. And if that's what he calls us to do in our relationships, in our family, with our spouses, with our children then why are we surprised that it's any different in the church? We're not out here to make other people in the church better. We're out here to become a better Christian, to become more like Christ. How is God stretching you and doing that so that you can be truthing in love then you can be contributing to the unity rather than tearing it down? Because everything that God has given to us, everything that he has given to us, Not only has he called us to unity, but he has given us everything that we need to achieve that unity. And that's a glorious thought, and it's a great way to end this discussion here. And so that's where we'll wrap up this discussion as uh, we've now spent three episodes looking at this theme of leadership that leads to unity with it finally ending with God granting that unity. So I hope that you are a part of that unity in your church and that your church can have that unity that we see here in the Scripture, because this is God's plan, and this is how it should work and how it can work if we're all submitting uh, to one another as God has intended us to do. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.